This is Igris. Uh, I'm recovering from something of a cold, so my voice isn't doing what it's supposed to. <clears throat> but this is Igris nonetheless, albeit with a stuffy nose. And we are looking at letters from exactly 50 years ago. Almost exactly 50 years ago today, the one we're looking at is Ur Letesvav Kislev. Now, Ur Letesvav Kislev should be tonight. That is the night of Yudalad Kislev. Not Erev Yudalad Kislev, but Mitz Yudalad Kislev. And for us, it's a very special day. Yudalad Kislev is the day of the Rebbe's anniversary, when the Rebbe and the Rebbetzin uh, were married, and that's what gave us our Rebbe. The Rebbe describes it that way in many, uh, many sechas. Uh, describes his wedding anniversary, the moment of his chasna, as being the day that connected us to him. So it's a special day for us, a day for Fabrengans, a day for gifts. As a matter of fact, uh, historically on major wedding anniversaries, we gave the Rebbe gifts. Uh, there's a whole Der Herr article where it goes through every decade what we gave the Rebbe, uh, whether it was something physical or more often something ruchnius, promises, achlotis, it's a day for good resolutions. It's a special day, Yodalud Kislev. What's really interesting is that we have a letter from the Rebbe on essentially Yodalud Kislev, that is Ur Letesvav Kislev, of Tavshin Lamadalid 50 years ago. And it's a it's a Mikhtav Klali, it's written to the entire Jewish people, a Kal B'nei Makum, uh, all Jewish boys and girls, men and women, in all places that they find themselves, Hashem Aleim Yichyu, and then writes a four-page letter that has nothing to do on the surface with his wedding anniversary. It doesn't seem to have anything to do with Yodalit Kislev. And as a matter of fact, it doesn't seem on the surface to have anything to do with Kislev. And that is a real mystery. I have a possible solution, but you should be aware of the mystery going in, is that this is a uh, this is a Mikhtav Klali that as far as I can tell, and I looked around to the Yumanim to see if there was any sort of precipitating factor, I couldn't find it. Um, people must have been surprised when they got this letter. This is a letter in the middle of Kislev that is about Yankov Halach the Darkei. Now, as you probably know, Yankov Halach the is a phrase that we say right after Simchas Terah. It is a phrase of encouragement. It's a pasuk. The pasuk says the Yaakov went on his way. Uh, obviously, the the uh, uh, in this time of year, the only justification for talking about Yankov Halach the is because it occurs in the Terah now. In this week's parsha, we have Yankov Halach the Darke. The Yaakov goes on his way um, after uh, after it's in this week's parsha, right? Surely, it's this week. Yeah, it's in Vayishlach. It's after the uh, after the whole meeting with Esav, Yankov Halach the Darke. So we have it in this week's Parsha, but other than it being in the Parsha, it is a strange place to have Yankov Halach Ladarke. And the Rebbe here is going to give us a four-page letter on implementing Yankov Halach Ladarke with no apparent connection to Kislev, in the middle of Kislev, to all of the Yidden everywhere. Uh, I'm setting it up that way because the Rebbe kind of gives us a hint as to why he's doing this in one of the Rebbe's own footnotes. Let's start reading. The Rebbe writes, Shalom Abracha, Pemshech Lemechta Metchilas Mar Cheshvan. The Rebbe says, I'm continuing the last public letter that I wrote to you, which was at the beginning of Mar Cheshvan. This was uh, all about the Heira that happens at the end of Chedesh Ashvi, which is the month of Tishrei, which is uh, both satiated and, and capable of satiating. I wrote to you last, says the Rebbe, in Cheshvan, and we talked about Yankav Halach Ladarkei, at the because Tishrei was just ending, and that's the month where we talk about Yankav Halach Ladarke. The Rebbe then says, I'd like to continue the theme. Every single letter of the Torah, every single word of the Torah, has is its own, is, its, is an entire world, and it has all sorts of teachings in it. The Rebbe says, I would like to now explain each of these three words in depth. The Rebbe says, first of all, Yankav. 
So first of all, it's not just Yisrael, it's not Avram, it's not Yitzchak, it's Yaakov specifically. Who is the one who is Halach Ladarke? Why do we have to know that it's Yaakov? Yedua Chiluk Shben Hashem is Yaakov Yisrael. There's a difference between the names Yaakov and Yisrael when describing the Jewish people. The first is Bizman. Hashem Yaakov Nitin Lebel Dei Hashem Yisrael Lachesman Lachesheskayim Bay Sodisim Lekim Ve'Iman Hashem Vetuchal. This is, uh, first of all, a, a change in time. Yaakov got that name when he was born, and he got the name Yisrael only after he'd accomplished something. Bez, Betech and Yaakov, whom Yaakov, the name Yaakov refers to a healed. It's the lowest part of the body. It's the end of the body. This last bit I haven't seen anywhere else. The heel is the place of a person where you can't tell the difference between them. People don't have different looking heels. They have different looking faces. The word Yisrael is broken down. It's a, first of all, a Lushan of Sar, meaning some sort of kingship. And it also has the letters in it. He'll be for me a head. The Rosh referring to the top of the body. If you talk about what really makes a person unique, it is first of all their face, second of all their voice, uh, their appearance, their knowledge, and these are all things that happen in the head. These are all head things. So the head is our most unique part of our bodies, the heels not so much. The name Yisrael has to do with our uniqueness, the name Ekev, Yaakov, Akif has to do with our heel, which is the place at which we are all equal. So I tell us that Yaakov is the one who's halach the darke means that the message is for every single Jew. Regardless of, uh, with no with no uh, divisions. Every single Jew from the moment they're born, once again, the word Yaakov is the name that he got when he was born. Every single Jew from the moment they're born, regardless of their level, this is the level of Akiv where everybody's completely equal, has a shlichas from Hashem. Every single person, no matter what their quality is. They stab that shlichas even when they're only at the level of Yaakov. At the beginning of their Aveda, you know, the the the, uh, the common lushan of once somebody knows Aleph, they have to teach Aleph. This is the idea that even at the very beginning of their Aveda, even if they're not a Yisrael yet, uh, they are still just a Yaakov. They have this shlichas. And they have to do the Aveda, which is dot, 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 halach, that they have to go, halach. And alicha mitis. This means a real movement. Going completely from the place where they are to the place where they should be. The Rebbe says here that that's why angels are called things that stand still because they serve Hashem with Eman Yira and they always do the will of their Creator. They open their mouths in song to God. He says here, Malachim do actually move because when they sing, they go from level to level, but it's not going considered a real movement because they don't really change from their original darga. Uh, so that's not really called halicha. Real halicha is when you change from your original darga. But a person is called Our job is to go from strength to strength. Who, even if I find myself in a good ruchniistic position, I can't be satisfied with that at all. That's not enough. I have to change my position in ruchnis, even from a good place to a better place. And that Eloi, that, that elevation needs to be Enarech. It needs to be, um, what's a good uh, translation of Enarech? It needs to be um, it needs to be a quantum leap. There you go for our physics people. It needs to be a jump in quantum. It has to be not just a not just that I've gone higher, but that I've changed entirely my way, my my motive of it. And that finishes off with the Hera Lidarka. He has to go Lidarka to whose path? That is the way of the king. Malka Shalalim, not Yaakov Halach Ladarka is normally translated as Yaakov went on his way. Here it means on his way with a capital S. That is Yaakov Halach in the way of Hashem. You have to go in the way of the king of the entire world. 
what a path is supposed to be. It's supposed to connect the palace with the furthest uh, distant settlement. Connecting the two ends of the, from the from the palace to the uh, to the far distant corner. The shlichas of every Jew is that their neshama goes down from a very high level to a very low level in order to make a connection between the higher and lower worlds. One of the reasons that the neshama comes into this world and comes from that world is in order to create a derech between the two worlds. Our neshama's job is to connect the two worlds. From down to up. That is through davening. That is that I, I lift my soul up to God. And also from up to down, which is that's God's terror and God's mitzvah. So when I keep them, I'm dragging things from above and bringing them down low. Most of all, that's tzedakah. Um, specifically to an ani who wants all things and needs all things because they have nothing of their own. This is also our Aveda in this world. It's not enough just to help our home and our city and our country. We also have to make a path, the path of the king that we mentioned earlier. Until this, uh, until this um, inspiration reaches all corners of the world. I have to bring this hashba absolutely everywhere. So that's what it is. Yaakov Halak Ladarka. In summary, the Rebbe says Yaakov is everybody, uh, even if they find themselves at an introductory level, and even if they find themselves at the level of the heel, uh, they have to halach, they have to go and they have to have a, a jump that is a quantum leap to dark to the to uh, to the way of the king, which is the path that connects the Hechalamelach to this world. That gives a bracha that everybody should be able to fulfill this shlichas v'yankav halach l'darkei im kol perushim with all of its commentaries mila v'payo mitech simcha asher simcha peretz gedder simcha is able to burst through all boundaries v'adashay fitzim anasecha mayanas divrei alikim chayim chutza achira chayka until I'm able to spread chasidus out to the furthest ends of the world. This last sentence is the closest connection we have to the time of year, uh, the time of year of Yotes Kislev and Kislev in general is the time where the Rebbe talks a lot about spreading the wellsprings forward, so it should help. Help us spread the wealth springs forward. As is the Hayra of the end of Chedesh Kislev, which is the days of Hanukkah, in a way that increases in light, in order to light up the Gullus until we have fulfilled, until we see fulfilled, God's glory fill all the land, the Rebbe's signature. So we have here a very general letter. I mean, by all means, nothing about the Rebbe's general, but it sure feels general. Reading through it, it's a lot of the Rebbe's go-to advice on how to fix the entire world, and the Rebbe's <clears throat> sort of go-to encouragement about this. Uh, it's hard to figure out what this letter is doing, why this letter was sent as Mechtav Kloli. When the Rebbe sends out a general letter to everybody on a certain date, usually it has something to do with a pressing matter at the time. It is hard to figure out what that pressing matter might have been. However, <laughs> when it says up here, Erle Tesvav Kislev, the Rebbe has a footnote on Erle Tesvav Kislev. This is one of the Rebbe's footnotes in his own Mechtav Kloli, and he says, Check Likutet Levi Yitzchak, Page ratio Zion. If you want to know why I wrote this today on Tesvav Kislev, which means we have to go into Lakuta Levi Yitzchak, Reish Yud Zion. Now, in that section is Reblevik's letters. And here we have a letter from Reblevik, and it is so characteristically Reblevik. It is one of the most Reblevik letters I've ever seen of any letter from Reblevik. And that is that the Reblevik is writing to the Rebbe and the Rebbetzin in honor of their second anniversary. 
which he wrote to them on Tesvav Kislev because that would be the day of the fulfillment. That's the day of filling. You know, just like on your uh, on your birthday, you're not really uh, fully that age until the end of that day. He would not celebrate Yudalad Kislev. Reblevik would write to them on Tesvav Kislev, which is how Reblevik saw Yudalad Kislev, which is, of course, from Wifabrang also. So it makes a lot of sense. The Rebbe is Mitzayan to a letter from the from his father that was written to the Rebbe and the Rebbetzin together. It's written, uh, He writes in, in, in beautiful words. He writes to my to my beloved, my dear, my uh, my cherished son and my daughter-in-law. Um, and uh, what's it? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. He writes beautiful. He writes a beautiful introduction to them. And then he writes to them on this day, on the, the second wedding anniversary, a long letter. And in this letter, he keeps on trying. This is why I say it's the most Reblevik letter ever. He keeps on trying to talk about them and their wedding anniversary, but then suddenly going off into Kabbalah for four pages and then coming back and saying, I'm just really, really happy you're here and then going off into Kabbalah again. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a fun read. It really is. And it's also somewhat clear, which is uh, surprising to me because usually I get lost in a lot of his Kabbalah. It's a fairly clear letter too uh, for somebody who's uninitiated. So I'll read some of it to you. I got some excerpts here. And I think maybe by looking at this letter, we might figure out why the Rebbe was intent on sending this sort of message on Tesvav Kislev 50 years ago. And even if we don't find out why, we will get to read a wedding-related letter on Yudal and Kislev, which makes sense to me. Okay, so the Rebbe writes, to my beloved, my dear, my cherished son and daughter-in-law. The upcoming week will be Tesvav Kislev. The letter was actually written on Ches Kislev. You know, mail takes time. So coming up will be Tesvav Kislev. And on that day, When Tesvav Kislev arrives, this will be the completion of two years, two complete years, since the two of you entered into the covenant of marriage, into one union, so that you could build an eternal edifice, Lim Mazaltev. Yeah, when a person has the two, whatever, the two years of the second year anniversary is an enormous Indian. It's a very big deal, the second year anniversary. Because once you reach the two year anniversary, this is a symbol that your that your marriage, that the that the union will last. Because in general, the, the marriage between a husband and a wife is something that has to do with tikkun as opposed to tayu. The world where there's uh, big kalim and small eris, the world that we live in. Um, which is the opposite of Tayu, a world of chaos. In the world of Tayu, which is the world of chaos, there is no marriage. How do I know there's no marriage in the world of Tayu? When we list the kings of Tayu, their wives are never listed. So there's Malkin Kadmai into Tayu. There's a list of all of the kings of Tayu and those kings who are the uh, the offspring of Esav, I believe. The uh, the kings that are listed in that list, they never have any wives. And generally speaking, in the Torah, we list people and their wives. There are no wives in Tayu. And Tayu, there's no such thing. Okay, but Tikkun, but Tikkun is all about marriage. As it says in the Pasuk, God did not create the world for chaos, for Tayu. He created it to dwell in and to settle, which is the Sheva Zitzara, which is what people do through Nisuin, through marriage, they settle the world. And since marriage, settling the world is the opposite of Tayu, I believe it comes to the conclusion that Tikkun is an Indian of Nisuin in the first place, that Tikkun and marriage are closely connected. And then he goes on to say the Shevis Davka, that's Davka the Shevis, because not just the Shevis, it's also Shabbos. And Shabbos, for all of you who know, the Lechadedi Maimer, say the Yichud Zun, with Bas, which is Malchus. And then he goes on to say, actually, there's a Lamed in Shevis, so we also need to do the Lamed, dot, 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 and he goes on for a page like this, uh, being medayic in every single part of the Lashon of Lashavis Yitzar. But in any event, he wishes a Mazel Tov and says, two years is special. Now here he goes on. Uh, I, I, I Every time I put a couple dots here, it's to signify that we skipped a, we skipped a lot of material. 
<clears throat> he then says here that what's really important is the is the fact that it's Tesvav of Kislev. Because Tesvav of Kislev, Tesvav is, of course, Yudhei. We don't write Yudhei. We don't like to write Yudhei. By the way, if you look in old books, not even books that old, books already from the, in the Rishenim, you see they wrote they wrote the dates as Yudhei Kislev, not as Tesvav. I don't know when we switch this over, but it's relatively recent. You, you have Rishenim, certainly you'll write it as Yudhei, I think even Achrenim. So uh, the switch, it's not clear to me when the switch happened. But in any event, Tesvav Kislev, the 15th of Kislev, is also Yudhei Kislev. That's the day of Yudhei, which is, of course, God's name. He says, whenever you see Yudhe, whenever you see 15 of anything, since that is Shem Yudhe, which is God's name, you see a Kiyom Nitzchi Lechaldavar. That's what makes things last. Everything that happens in 15ths will last forever. And then he gives a lot of really cool examples that I have never seen before. Kemaisha, obviously, Mashvatimim Tesvav. Here's one example. Take the Shvatim, 12 Shvatim, and the three of us, you get Tesvav. Therefore, the Jewish people will last forever. Also, the Mishkan is made from 15 things if you add in the Shemin and the Besamin. And when you add those all up, you end up getting an eternal Mishkan. The world is created with Yodhei. As it says, we have this in a lot of places that the world is made with Yodhei. He says the miracle of Hanukkah. If you... Uh, he says that if you count out the thing that we say on Hanukkah, which is that extra paragraph, he says if you count out the, I guess, uh, verbs in you also have 15 of them. If you add up all of the verbs and the verb phrases, he says you also get 15. I just jumped down to that Hare Tesvav. In Berchas Kayanam, there are 15 words, apparently. I never counted, but there you go. Vikadema, and in many similar cases. It says 15 is something that makes a kiyom forever. And also, the amount of time that a child is supposed to nurse is for two years. Uh, for those two years, the blood of the mother turns into milk, and that is a remez of tikkun of, uh, of tayu turning into tikkun essentially, because tayu is correlated with dam, and tikkun is correlated with cholov. So when you turn blood into milk, you're turning tayu into tikkun. This also fixes the child in a, in a literal sense. After two years, he doesn't need the milk of his mother anymore. At that point, he has meichin de godless. He doesn't need to. Uh, he doesn't need to be subservient to something else's meichin, he can create meichin on his own. This is also, it's a Rashi on Chumash, that Shantem is the gematria of the amount of years we were supposed to live in Eretz Yisrael before the first exile. Hashem made it happen two years earlier so that we wouldn't be destroyed completely because two years solidifies things. So what's he saying in this entire paragraph? First of all, it's been two years since you got married, and two years signifies solidification. We see this by a child, that a child is uh, is, is ready to stand on their own two feet and think on their own after two years of nursing. We see by uh, by Hashem destroying Rachman al-Islan, Eretz Yisrael, uh, during the first Chorban, that, um, that this could, that he did it two years early because had he waited the extra two years, it would have been a permanent destruction. So two years is special. Your second year anniversary is special because it means there's a Kiyom Nitzchi. And the fact that your anniversary falls on Tesvav, and notice that Reb Levick is very excited about it falling on Tesvav and not on Yudal, no matter what we say at Fabrangans, it's a Tesvav day because that's Yimei Milu Yimei that's the day of the fulfilling of the of the anniversary. It says Tesvav corresponds to Yodhei, which is the Kiyom of all things. So we have here a theme of things lasting permanently, specifically on the 15th of Kislev, a day of Kiyom. <clears throat> then he adds in, and this is probably the paragraph we need the most. This will be uh, when when <clears throat> when we have 15th of Kislev of that year, that will be two years since you've been married. You'll get all of the advantages we talked about above, about Kim Nitzchi, 
which is Bechinus Yodhei, which is Tesvav, which is also Yodhei. You'll also get it because you're in the Chedesh Hashlishi, which refers to Tikkun. Now, are we in the Chedesh Hashlishi and Kislev? Not really. The Chedesh Hashlishi is the way the Torah refers to Sivan. But he's going to say here, we're in the Chedesh Hashlishi from Tishrei, which is a different count. The reason why Sivan is the third month is because Sivan comes after Nisan, and Nisan is how the Torah counts month one. But you also can count the first month of the year as being Tishrei. If you count the first month of the year as being Tishrei, then Kislev is the third month. There's an advantage to Kislev over Sivan. If you're going to pick a third month, choose Kislev, he says. It's more special than Sivan. Why? Because Kislev is three from Tishrei, Hagvayim Nisan, and Tishrei is higher than Nisan. We got the Torah on the third month, which is Sivan. We got the Torah in Sivan, Mesiras Nefesh, Alkim Torah Mitzvah Hayab Kislev. But we didn't have Mesiras Nefesh for the Torah until Kislev. So Kislev is the time of Mesiras Nefesh on Torah and Mitzvahs, which makes it more powerful than getting the Torah in the first place. So of all months to pick, he wants, uh, he says, Tesvav is the best day and Kislev is the best month. Why is Tesvav the best day? Because it's something that lasts forever. And why is why is Kislev the best month? Because it's three months from Tishrei and three months from Tishrei signifies the time of Mesiras Nefesh for Torah, not just receiving the Torah. He goes on to say, the Yavanim in the Hanukkah story, they wanted to make us forget Torah and to and to uh, violate the rules of Hashem. And the Nes of Hanukkah, who did it, it was the Kehanim. They're from Shevet Levi. That's the third tribe. <coughs> That's Excuse me. <coughs> That's the third tribe born. And this is a celebration of Nigla de Terra, that we were able to be Mesonefish for Nigla de Terra. And then there was another nace in Kislev, a nace al Nister de Terra, the nace over the Nister of the Terra, which is on Yud Tes and Chav Tes and Yud. Anybody know Chav Tes offhand, by the way? I looked it up. I, I forgot. Anybody remember what, what special day was Chav Tes Kislev? <clears throat> <clears throat> it's okay. I had to look it up. Don't feel bad. Chavtes Kislev was the day the Altadev was free from prison the second time. So uh, when you, if you ask Reb Levik, what are the three most important days in Kislev for Nister de Terra, he says they're Yud Tes, Chav Tes, and Yud on Kislev. Right. There are a lot of miracles that happen in this month. If you add up all of the miracle, all of the special days in Kislev, you get Pei Gimel. How does he do that? Chav Hei is Hanukkah, Yud Tes is Kislev, Yud Tes, Yud Tes, Kislev, Chav Tes the second, uh, when he was, when Altareb was freed the second time, and Yud for the Mitlarebbe. And the Makkah for all of them is Hanukkah, which he specifically says we should spell without a Vav, and then goes on for three sentences to tell us why it shouldn't be spelled with a Vav. The Altarebbe doesn't spell it with a Vav. From now on, no spelling Hanukkah with a Vav. In any event, we have those days and they all equal Pei Gimel. When you add up to Pei Gimel, you get... You can get rid of the 83 machles that are mentioned in Mara. You can switch bitterness to uh, to to uh, to sweetness through the pay gimel, uh, through the pay gimel, uh, through the bittel of the pay gimel machles, which are the pay gimel days that we celebrate in Kislev. Anyway, <clears throat> after that entire discussion about what's going on on Tesvav Kislev specifically, and why Tesvav Kislev is a time of Bittal and Mesiris Nefesh for Tera, and a special day specifically for Nister de Tera, I think we have some sort of an explanation, maybe, especially since this is a note that we see at the bottom of our letter. Our letter says that I've put out this Mechtav Klali on Tesvav Kislev, and we're trying to figure out why that would be a special day in the first place. Certainly, we're trying to figure out why that would be a special day for him talking about Yankov Halach Ladarke. I have a provisional idea, and the provisional idea is that he's telling us to look back at Reb letter, it looks like this is a very important day for solidifying ideas. If you want to solidify a message, it's solidified best on Tesvav Kislev, especially if it's a message about Mesiris Nefesh for Tera and Mitzvahs, which means reaching outside of yourself to help another Yid get closer to Tera and Mitzvahs. So you could almost say from Ablevik's letter that the yearly anniversary for Mesiris Nefesh 
for keeping Tyran mitzvahs in a permanent way that will last forever is on Tesvav Kislev, which might explain why the Rebbe was inspired to write that letter on that day. Also, note that according to Rebbe Levick, that's the Rebbe's wedding anniversary. So it's possible that Rebbe just felt that on his wedding anniversary, at least the way that he saw his wedding anniversary, because it's early Tesvav Kislev, that that would be the day to send out a letter of empowerment to the Jewish people. I wanted to just show you this last paragraph because it's beautiful. In this last paragraph, he wishes a mazel tov to them again. I want to wish you another mazel tov, my beloved ones. Forever to you, may you forever be united and have a uh, and have a permanent uh, binding. You should have a uh, house, a, a, a uh, an eternal house in Israel. You should have a long life, and it should be sweet, and it should be pleasant. He gives them a bracha for children. Uh, which he has in almost all of his letters. It should be fulfilled for you quickly. The idea that after two years, they will have children. Here we have two full years fulfilled, so it's time for children. We should merit to receive from you incredible nachas and eneg and joy to see raise up from you an upstanding and blessed generation, which is a bracha that the Rebbe Levick absolutely got. This means and then once again, as I tell you, off to the races with the Rebbe Levick, he said the word Yisharim, and now we have a long parenthesis of children and grandchildren who keep Torah and mitzvahs. He wishes them together a life of um, life and peace and all good in their nefesh and also in their flesh in Gashmias and Ruchnias. All good eternally. As is the desire of your father and your father-in-law. Who loves both of you. Um, is that a gimel? Believe it, believe a goof, I think. Maybe that's known. Believe in Nefesh, probably. Believe in Nefesh, who loves you very much with heart and soul. And desires your good. And blesses you. From the very depths of his heart. With all good. With the Rebbelevic signature. Uh, so a beautiful letter on the anniversary of on the Rebbe's anniversary, which I think is a, a standalone special for today, but maybe also an explanation of what's going on in today's regular letter in Igrus Kedish. Thank you all very much.